Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. saying, speak to the children of Israel, saying, appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city. They shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursueth or pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand. Because he smote his neighbor's neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come into his own city and to his own house unto the city from whence he fled. And they appointed Kadesh and Galilee, or Galilee and Mount Nephtali, and Shechem and Mount Ephraim, and Kerjath Abah, which is Hebron, in Mount Mountain of Judah, and one of the other on the other side of Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assign Bezer in in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben. And Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad. And Golan and Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel. And for the stranger that sojourneth among them. That whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither. And not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. I want to preach about these cities of refuge a little bit here this morning, and I want to preach about their purpose. I want to preach about the provision that comes with the city of refuge. I want to preach about their power and also their positioning. And I want to call this this morning, Keeping the Road Clear to the city of refuge, keeping the roads clear to the city of refuge. I want the Lord to help us today. How many wants the Lord to speak to you? Anybody got room in your heart for the word of the Lord this morning? Anybody want the word of the Lord to speak to your spirit here today? And and you have a need that you need the word of the Lord to address here this morning. Why don't you stretch forth your hands with me right now? Let's pray a prayer. 
that God would speak to us and that our hearts would be open and the Word of God would be anointed to our lives. Jesus, we look to You, God. We desire You. We're praying, Lord, for Your help, Your guidance, Your strength, Your anointing and power in this place. In the remainder of this service, I pray that Your mighty hand of anointing would be upon us and that You would bless and touch Your people. We thank You for it. In Jesus' name. Now would you worship the name of Jesus. Now we're not just talking about anybody. We're talking about the name of Jesus. We're not talking about celebrities of this world. We're talking about the one that went to the cross and died for our sins. We're talking about the one whose blood has the ability to cleanse From all unrighteousness, the Bible says. Now let's give Him praise. And let's give Him worship today. I thank You, Lord. I praise You, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank You so much for standing. And you may be seated. Once the land of Canaan was possessed by the people of Israel. Not only possessed, but it also was subdued. And they began to... uh, make their way into that country and begin to subdue not only the peoples that were there, the cities that were there, but also begin to plant and to build and to establish themselves. There was still a lot of work that had to be done. And Joshua, we see here in this text, is carrying out a command that was first given all the way back in the book of Numbers, chapter number 35, to Moses, who was his predecessor. And now uh, Joshua is the leader of the people of God, and the Lord is commanding him to fulfill this particular provision for the people of God. It was commanded of them that they would establish or appoint six cities that would be known as cities of refuge. And the purpose of these cities was if there was a what was called a manslayer, and that is a person that accidentally, without any premeditation, threw some type of accident, whether it was farm equipment, whether it was working, maybe something was dropped, maybe an axe head would come off the end of a handle, whatever the case was, if there was an accidental death, The scripture says that these cities was a place that that manslayer could go and find refuge because there was what was known as the avenger of blood. This this person was the next of kin to the person that had been slain. And you've got to understand these folks were living under a different time and a different day when retribution was made for sins that were committed. And this was a time, according to the book of Exodus, chapter 22, it reveals to us that the law was designed for people to be able to take and make restitution for themselves. And if there was a crime that was committed, then the restitution would be commensurate with that crime or equal to that crime. That's where we read in the Bible, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe, the Scripture says. But even in this pre-Calvary era of time, there was a provision that was made. 
And the Lord purposed and appointed these cities for that guilty person that may have the avenger of blood looking for them to be able to come to these cities of refuge. And there they could be saved from that avenger and also live securely in that place. They would find a place and they would learn how to live and to adapt to this new lifestyle that was there within the city limits of the city of refuge. And these cities were positioned in different places around about Israel, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. But this leads me, the introduction of this leads me to a few points that I would like to make concerning these cities, and that is the power of these cities. The avenger of blood, no matter how much that he wanted to or desired to, no matter how much hate that he had in his heart towards the person that had accidentally and, as the Scripture said, unwittingly uh, slain his next of kin, no matter how much hate that he had in his heart towards them, he could not exact punishment upon that person as long as they had been accepted within the perimeters of the city of refuge. Actually, they could live in that place and be secure and saved from this avenger of blood until the death of the high priest. And then they could return back to the city from which they fled, back to their home, back to their families, their friends, and they could live like a normal citizen. And the law would protect them at that point, that the avenger of blood could not take their life. And so you understand that this city was very significant to somebody that was in need of it. And it had a very powerful impact upon their life. What would have been sure death, what would have been certain punishment for them because they were guilty of taking another's life, even though it was accidental, even though it was something that they unwittingly did, unknowingly did. They did not premeditate it. It was just something that happened through an accident. The Scripture says that this city was given to them for a provision. It was provided for them to be able to find a place of safety and be saved from the avenger of blood until the high priest would pass away. And I see so many parallels here with the Word of God. The Scripture says that Jesus Christ is our high priest. In fact, it tells us that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. In Romans, the 8th chapter and the 2nd verse, it says we are made free from the law of sin, or death, and sin and death because of what this high priest did for us. How many knows that he went to Calvary? He did shed His blood. He suffered the cross so that we could be free, so that we could be saved, so that we could live secure from the blood avenger. Can I tell you that we all have an avenger that wants to destroy. The Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, 
and destroy. That's speaking of your enemy. We all have a common enemy. It is the devil. Satan wants to destroy. He wants to take you down. He wants to cause you not only to sin, but he wants that sin to bring death and its final culmination in your life. Not only death as we know it physically, but the Bible describes something as eternal death, where a person is forever separated from God and sent into the lake of fire that we call hell. And there they will be throughout all of eternity. That is eternal death. But I am so thankful that we, because of Calvary, can have eternal life. Amen. The scripture says that he gives life and life more abundantly. And I'm thankful that that's not just a reward that we look forward to, but we get to enjoy a little bit of that right here in this room this morning. That's why we rejoice the way that we do. That's why we shout the way that we do. That's why we sing with zeal the way that we do. That's why when we come to the house of the Lord, we don't sit like a bump on a pickle, but we clap. We lift up our voice. We sing. We give praise to God because God has been mighty good to us to give us life, to give us hope, to give us the strength to know what it is to be saved. Hallelujah. And let me just go a step further and say, just like in that day, as long as we stay in the city of refuge, as long as we stay within the perimeters of the church, we can continue to be saved. No, I don't believe in eternally secure doctrine. I don't believe in a once saved, always saved doctrine. I believe you can backslide after finding God, but I'm so thankful that you don't have to backslide. You can stay in the church and know joy all the way through the journey. You can stay in the house of God and know safety and be kept from the sin and the destruction that is out there in this world. You don't have to be wasted by sin. You don't have to pay the wages of sin because you know what it is to come into the house of God and experience the power of salvation. How many is thankful for this new birth experience today? Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. I want to take a few moments and speak to you about the positioning of these cities. God provided these six cities and they were strategically positioned across the land of Israel, the promised land at that time. There were three east of the Jordan and there were three to the west of the Jordan. You might say, why was this? Why was this so important? It was arranged this way and placed and positioned this way so no matter where you were or who you were, and I want to preach about that for a few moments, it doesn't matter where you were, where you were coming from, how far off you may have been. Uh, once you entered into the land of Israel, once you came into this place that they had possessed that was called the promised land, then you could find strategically and balanced placed throughout uh, the whole region. You could find a city of refuge. And it didn't matter who you were. Uh, this is an interesting point to me, whether the manslayer was a son or, in other words, a citizen of Israel. 
if he was an Israelite or he was among that mixed multitude that came with them into the promised land. It didn't matter if it was a son or it was someone that was a stranger, what they would consider a stranger. They still could access the city of refuge. If they found themselves in this precarious place of having committed an accidental uh, slaying of a person, a manslaughter if you will, then they were welcome to come to the city of refuge. It wasn't just for citizens. It wasn't just for a certain group of people. It wasn't just for a certain segment of society. But it was for whoever desired. Whoever had a need of it. Whoever longed to find safety and to be saved from the avenger of blood. Can I preach to you this morning that the church, amen, the city of refuge that I'm preaching about today is a place that welcomes any and all. It doesn't matter who you are, how far you had to come to get here. doesn't matter what your life was before you came through these doors. doesn't matter what your past might have been. It doesn't matter how far in the sin, in the darkness of this world that you dealt before you came to the church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how lost, and, and once you're, you're lost, you understand that there is no levels to being lost. Uh, there's, uh, there's no great sinner or uh, horrible sinner. Everybody that doesn't have the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, everybody that's not fulfilled and been obedient uh, to this Acts 2.38 message uh, is a sinner without God. We sometimes put levels on sin. We sometimes uh, uh, feel that there is uh, some things that are deemed to be worse than others. Uh, but in the eyes of God, uh, amen, everybody has to come the same way. Everybody has to repent. Everybody has to enter into the city of refuge. Everybody has to become a part. Everybody needs an altar. Everybody needs the blood of Jesus. Anybody understand what I'm preaching about? Everybody has to have the cross and the power of the cross in their life. Nobody escapes that. You don't get good enough to get God. Amen. You don't have a a heritage that is good enough to get God. You can't look back on your pedigree and get God. You don't inherit it like that. But you got to be born into the kingdom of God. You got to come just like everybody else. You got to humble yourself just like everybody else. You got to pray a prayer of repentance just like everybody else. You got to let hot tears bathe your cheeks just like everybody else. And you got to have faith just like everybody else that he has forgiven me of my sin and he's able to Fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You gotta come and humble yourself and speak in tongues, just like everybody speaks in tongues that are a part of the body of Christ. Everybody that is in the body of Christ is born into the body of Christ. There's no big eyes, the little U's. 
Amen. There's no one that is more significant than somebody else. It's a level playing field. Amen. I said it's a level playing field when you come into the church of the living God. It's for sons and for strangers, he said. If there's anybody that desires it, if there's anybody that is hungry for it, they can come and receive. They can partake. Amen. They can receive the privileges of. Aren't you thankful that the blessings of God are not just extended to a few? They're not just extended to the perfect and the upright. They're not just extended to those that's got it all figured out. They're not just extended to those that have never marred their life by sin. But you ought to thank God every day that you've been included. You were a stranger. You were out there without the covenant of promise. You were without God in this world as the Bible says. But thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. The gift of grace. The gift of mercy. The gift of coming to an altar and repenting of your sins. You ought to thank God for it today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. We see many scriptures and illustrations of people throughout the word of God that that, that elbowed their way to the table even before they were really invited to do so. We, we find that even before this was opened up to the Gentiles, you and I, while it was still exclusive, there were those whose hunger the Lord could not ignore, whose hunger got the attention of Him, even though... Even though he said to the children, uh, first we're gonna, we're gonna serve the bread. There was a little lady, a Syrophoenician woman. The scripture says that she had a daughter who was grievously vexed of a devil. And she was very desperate to see this daughter delivered. And she came to where Jesus was. Somebody told her he's in the coast of, of Tyre and Sidon. And he's there resting. He's on sabbatical. He doesn't want to be disturbed. He would prefer not to see anybody. He's not there to preach or to teach. He's not there to minister and to perform miracles. But this lady said, my daughter may not be able to make it another day. I may not be able to make it until the time that he is available to me. So I'm going to make my way into the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says with faith she began to forge her way to where Jesus was. The disciples tried to turn her away. But she began to cry out to the Lord. She began to call upon Him. And she said, Lord, I have a daughter that is grievously vexed of a devil. He said, oh, let the children first be fed. We're not going to give their bread to the dog. She said, yeah, you may consider me a dog, but one thing's for sure, you cannot say that I'm not desperate, that I'm not hungry. Even the dogs get the crumbs which fall from the children's table and I know just a little more so I know just a little bit of you is able to do everything that I needed to do it doesn't take a whole lot just your spoken word just your little bit of your power is able to heal and deliver my daughter I want to preach to somebody in this room if you're hungry just for a little bit amen if you can needle your way in and elbow 
your way in and do whatever necessary to forge your way through whatever discouragement, whatever obstacle, whatever hindrance, whatever stands in your way. If you'll make up your mind, I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be turned away. I need deliverance. I need healing. I need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I want the promise to be fulfilled in my life. I'm telling you, God is able in this room to do the work that you need Him to do. If you're hungry for Him, you can receive Him. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody cry out to God right now. Man, I feel him in this room right now. I feel the Holy Ghost working in this place right now. The devil's tried to tell somebody, you're not worthy. You can't make it. You can't get in there. Maybe it's somebody else. It's been around the church for years. You've wasted your life on the things of this world. I've come to tell you that's not the case. That's not the God I serve. There's mercy for you. There's room for you. There's a place for you within the perimeters of the city of refuge. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. He said, I've never seen faith like this. I I, got to commend you. Lady, you've got great faith. You know, there's only twice that he ever commended somebody for their faith or ever acknowledged that it was great faith. We know that the centurion, he said he hadn't seen faith like that in Israel. And uh, we, we also understand this lady was someone that he complimented for her faith. He said, you have great faith. You know what it was? It was the determined faith. It was a dogged faith. It was a bulldog tenacious faith. It was the kind of faith that says, I'm not going to let go. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. Come on, if you're going to get a miracle, you're going to have to get some determination in your heart. You're going to have to get some passion in your spirit. You're going to have to quit being so passive and pushed around by the enemy. And you're going to have to, you got to get into your crawl that I'm not going to be pushed off of my promise. Not one more time. I'm not leaving out today without a breakthrough in my life. I'm not leaving and saying, as I've said before, oh, and made the excuse and, 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 and just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, well, it must not have been God's will. I'm going to tell you what God's will is. God's will is that you receive salvation. God's will is you get the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. God's will is is that every person in this house, that's what the book said. He's not willing that any should perish. That's the will of God. Nobody needs to go to hell. That's the will of God. It's not the will of God that anybody walk out of this place in an unsaved condition with sins that are unforgiven with a heart that is filthy with sin that's not God's will for your life hallelujah, 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 hallelujah praise God, praise God, praise God come on, clap your hands to the Lord yeah, amen, I'm 
I'm thinking real seriously about crawling up in some of y'all's laps since I got this cordless mic this morning because some of you have forgotten what it's like to be saved. Some of you have forgotten what it's like to be out there without God. Amen. The reason you could sit there this morning with your arms crossed and sit back and say, well, preach to me, preacher. I, I want to be fed. I, I want to hear something deep and, and bountiful from the Scripture. I want you to unravel some mystery from the Word of God. It's because you forgot the simplicity of coming to an altar and the, the, the guilt being ridden from your life and being saved and, and, and feeling the freedom that comes along with it. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it's not hard to worship God when you remember where He brought you from. It's not hard to rejoice where you remember what He's done for you. It's not hard, amen, to give a shout of praise when you remember I used to be a sinner without God, but I'm here today because I met a Savior that had room for me in the city of refuge. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's give some praise to Him right now. Let's give some worship to Him right now. Praise God. Doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, it's accessible. These were prominently positioned. That's right. Most of the time they were on a mount, a hillside. You notice when I was reading, it said on Mount Judah, on this particular area, a high place. It is said that buildings in Israel were constructed of limestone in that day so that even in the darkness of the night, they would be illuminated to people that were coming from a long way off because they were set on a hill. You know, that's not the only thing I read about in the scripture that's been set on a hill. And that cannot be hid. He said that his church was a city that was set on a hill that could not be hid. Oh, when I come running, looking for a refuge. When I come running, guilty of sin. When I come running, knowing that the avenger is on my heels. Knowing that that one that condemns me is not too far behind me. But when I come running in need of refuge and redemption, I can find it. Amen. It's, it's clearly there. I can see it. There's hope for me. I'm going to tell you, when you walk through these doors, you should have had a feeling of hope. This is home. This is where I could be saved. This is a place that I could be secure. Hallelujah. The directions could not be confusing when going to the city. In fact, there were signposts and markers. Milklat was the word that was used for refuge in the Hebrew, and it was placed a, a signpost, and it was clearly marked. And it could not, if there, was a, if there was a place where there could be a turn made or a fork in the road, or it had to be clearly distinguishable. It could not be confusing, in other words, how to get to the city. I'm going to tell you, God has given us a message. Now, it, it's confusing for those that are trying to find a loophole all the time. For those that are looking to find some little niche or way out, 
it is confusing to them. But for the hungry hearted, for the person that's honestly wanting to be saved, this is a very simple message. And the way is real easy to find. There's nothing complex. There's nothing confusing about this message. Amen. The Lord has given us a very clear, clear and distinguishable message that we can be saved and we can find hope by being obedient to this message. You can find your way into the city of refuge. You can become a part of the church. You can feel the hope and the peace that accompanies being a part of the church by simply opening up your heart and saying, God, I'm not looking for a loophole. I'm not just willing to go by what somebody told me all of my life, but I want to know what the Bible says. I want to know what the book says. I want to know what the Word of God says. And the Bible said on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when when those pricked in their hearts stood up and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? There wasn't a multiplicity of messages that were preached. There was only one message that was preached. He said there, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call this message is easy if somebody's hungry you can receive it if somebody desires it you can have it you today can find your way into the city of refuge this is not a difficult thing this is not a hard thing but this is very easy This is very simplistic. The roads could never be clogged or blocked. They had to be clear. Free of debris and obstructions. If there was a tree that fell across the road, it had to be immediately removed. Had to be cleared because this was important because people had an avenger. And speed and haste was important. And you understand that for them to be able to travel without any obstructions or intrusions, without there being anything to hinder them or to stop them was very important. Now there's a few things that I want to talk about here this morning. But can I just tell you that a lot of folks, a lot of folks deal with roadblocks that are not necessarily physical. Sometimes they're mental roadblocks in their minds. They think, well, if I try to make my way back, what will sister so-and-so think about me? What will someone else say? I wonder how the church will receive me. I'm going to tell you, it's our responsibility as a church to make it as easy as possible for people to come and make their way back we got to keep the roads clear. We cannot be putting obstacles in their way. It's not our responsibility. The Bible said it this way, He that is without sin, Jesus said to those accusers, You cast the first stone. And the Bible said starting with the eldest all the way down to the youngest, they begin to drop those stones and walk away. 
Why? Because the eldest started thinking about, hey, I've got a lot more of a rap sheet in my life than, than, than I, I. I don't need to be hurling stones at anybody. I don't need to be accusing anyone. I don't need to, to lord over anybody and have a hatchet over anybody's head. If there's anybody that's experienced mercy, I've experienced mercy. If there's anybody that, you know, uh, if you're one of those that, that wants to, to go around a fire breather and, and judge people because of their mistakes and their sins, then you better, you better understand you're living in a glass house. You better understand that you, 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 you best have a perfect record of your own. And that's doubtful. Nobody has a perfect record. Nobody is without the need of mercy and grace in their life. Nobody in this room has not needed to come to an altar and repent. And everybody here has needed brothers and sisters in the Lord to embrace them and include them and say, I'm praying for you. I want to encourage you. I want to be of help to you. I'm not here to hinder you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to receive you and walk alongside you and we can make this journey together. I said we can make this journey together. The Bible tells us over and over again, the blessings of God came to the church. And the church is a body of people that are there together for the purpose of doing the will of God. Amen. God is going to elevate us and bless us and give us revival as we are together. As we are worshiping together. As we're praying together. As we're living for God. Amen. Together. As we're striving, amen, to make heaven together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It isn't it, isn't it precarious how we, how we conveniently bring up people's past when it fits our agenda sometimes. I didn't intend to get in all of this, but you know, so it is. I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. I feel like talking to somebody here today and telling you that you can't bring stuff up that is under the blood just because it fits your agenda now or it, or it helps your argument at this point or it, or it fits your, your ability to try to manipulate something around to, to what you want. And so you want to bring it up and you want to cram it in somebody's face. Oh, no, a real saint of God understands that's, that's, that's under the blood. I can't bring up something that God has forgotten. I said, I can't bring up something. He said he cast it behind his back. He says that he cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east, come on, you're better than God is when you try to bring it up and cram it in somebody's face. I remember back when, when you did this and when you done that. Oh, no, you need to forget about it. That's under the blood. Amen. You're doing the work of the devil when you try to bring up things that is in the past. You need to leave it there and understand. God is a forgiver, and God has forgiven me of a whole lot. So I'm going to forgive others because I want him to continue to forgive me. The Bible did say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our... Hallelujah. Praise God. So as I forgive, I can receive forgiveness. And when I start being judgmental and I start bringing things up, then it takes that that God has forgiven me of and brings it back to the surface of my life if I'm not careful. And all of a sudden, I start struggling. Amen. We need to, we need to, 
We need to understand that God is able to cleanse completely. Come on, either we believe this book or we don't. We, we, we either believe that a person can be born again and get a fresh start and a new lease on life, or we don't believe this book. But I happen to believe that God is able to make all things new. I happen to believe that God is able to cleanse somebody and give them a fresh new start. Amen. You could step up to the starting line again today. You, you can begin again today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to live under condemnation, not another day. But you can live with comfort in your heart and peace in your spirit and know that God has cleansed me and washed me of that unrighteousness in my life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so we, we, we're going to make it easy on people. Remove the roadblocks that sometimes is in people's mind. You, you remember the story of the, the prodigal who said, I'm going to go back and convince my father that I will be a servant because I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. I'm unworthy. To be called a son. So that if I can just come in at some sub-level. If I can just get in at some lesser state. If I can just be a servant. I don't have to be a son. I don't have to be an heir. I don't have to be any of that. If I can just live out the rest of my life as a servant. I appreciate the attitude. But that was not what the father had in mind. Because when he came down that road and he saw that prodigal whom he must have been looking for because he saw him a great way off. And he said, come on, son. And he hollered out to his servants and said, I want you to bring the best things that we've got. You know the ones that we've been laying up for. it. The ones we've been, we've been looking forward to this moment. I'm going to tell you when a sinner or a backslider prays through these altars, if all of heaven rejoices, we ought to be turning cartwheels. Amen. When a sinner finds their way to an altar, if all of heaven rejoices, we ought to get excited and thrilled. And, and we ought to thank God that he brought them home. We ought to make it easy. We ought to celebrate with them. We ought not sit back with our arms crossed and say, let's see if they make it a couple of weeks. Let's see if they... I'm going to tell you, none of us are in that position. Amen. It's up to them and God to make it. But I want to make it as easy as I can for them to make their way to the city of refuge. That's right. Get the debris out of the road. Get the hindrances out of the road. Get all of those things out of the way. I don't want you to have to live in shame. I don't want to, I don't want you to have to live with guilt hanging over your head. No, let's get those obstructions out of the way. But here's the beautiful part. The gates of the city were to always be open. Now, I already explained to you. This was something that they would be traveling in haste. They, didn't, they, they sometimes got away with just a, a handful of things. They didn't, they didn't have all their belongings. They weren't moving their whole household. They, weren't, they, were, they were trying their very best to get there before the avenger found them. Because there was only safety once they crossed into the perimeters of that city. And they understood that. And so they were, they were coming in haste. I don't tell you. If you're here today and you don't know God and you've got unrepented sin in your life and you've got situations that are not under the blood, you need to get in a hurry. 
I can't express this to you strong enough. I can't preach this to you more emphatically. We can't help you out there. We there, There's no hope for you out there. The only way you can be helped is to get in here. The only way you can find hope is to get in here. The only way you can be relieved of your sin and have the sin, amen, forgiven and cleansed out of your life is to get to the altar, to get to the city of refuge, in other words, is to repent and say, God, I need your forgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive you, but you got to be willing to get in a hurry about it. You can't have the attitude, well, I think I'll wait another week. I'll wait until a more convenient season comes. I'm going to tell you, you've got to make up your mind. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. You gotta get in a hurry. You gotta get in a hurry. You gotta get in a hurry. There needs to be a sense of urgency. I, I'm, I'm appalled by the sense of, of, of just casualness that is in our world about eternal things. Things that are so consequential. Such a cavalier, blase, careless attitude. You gotta get in a hurry. You gotta commit yourself to it and say, today, I'm gonna get things straightened up. The city was never closed. The gates were always open. And, and according to the scripture that I read, this is where, this is where the decision was made of whether or not we're gonna accept. A lot of business transactions were made in the gate of the city. That's where decisions were made. A lot of times deals were made. Trades were made. Bands of, of traders that would come by, merchantmen, they would come to the gate of the city, and the elders of the city would go out and, and decide whether to accept them in to present their wares or not. So the gate was a very significant place in these cities in ancient times. And the gate was open on the city of refuge. This was not customary because enemies, marauders, thieves, Bandits that were out there wandering in the wilderness could come in very easily. But they were willing to take that risk and keep this city open because there was honest-hearted people that was out there. There was honest-hearted people that were in need, that were out there that are wandering in that wilderness and fleeing not only avengers but making their way through the wilderness where there were beasts that could have devoured them and making their way to that city. And some of them made it there exhausted and they would fall across uh, that line where the gate was and into that city of refuge and maybe tears would begin to flow as they said, I finally made it. I, I didn't think I was going to. There were times that I wondered if I had the strength to get here, but thank God for His mercy. That I Does anybody ever feel that way? Thank God for His mercy that, that saved me and delivered me and brought me to where I am. I, I'm telling you, some of you folks look at me and you think, well, you know, you were raised in church. You, 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 were, you got the Holy Ghost when you were seven years old. You were, you were baptized when you were seven years old. Man, it's 
it's just been pretty, pretty uh, plush life for you. Everything's been pretty good. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, when I think about what could have been and the circumstances that could have occurred in my life and the way things could have ended up, and in just the last year, year and a half, I've been able to discover some of the other part of the story and how that now I'm in the church and I have very few family members that are biological to me that are living today because of the ravages of sin and God chose me and God allowed me the opportunity to make it into the city of refuge I have a lot to be thankful for and you have your own story here today you have your own testimony of what God has done the blessings of the Lord in your life how many is thankful for his mercy When they fell across that gate into that city. They said, I finally made it. You talk about relief. You talk about joy that would flood their soul. I didn't know if I was going to be able to, but I made it. I didn't know if I would be allowed to, but thank God I've been accepted. And I can come. Maybe the Avenger would run up to the gate and stop and see them on the other side and sneer. Maybe he would say, you better stay there because I almost had you. I almost was able to get to you. I almost destroyed you. And our family had an uncle that uh, ended up being a preacher and a pastor. But while God was dealing with him, he had been to church a few times. His brother had already gotten in the church. He decided to go back out and the things of the world that he had been preoccupied with beforehand. He went into a bar room that he was familiar with. and It was some kind of altercation. And in his inebriated condition, he, instead of backing away from the situation, become more aggressive. And the man pulled a gun and put it on his nose and said, I'm going to kill you. And it looked like, as he was staring down the barrel of that gun, a very sobering moment for him. It looked like his life was going to be lost and the opportunity to get back the city of refuge was going to be lost. But finally, there was someone on the sidelines that stepped up and pleaded with that man who was angry and wroth at my uncle the things that he was saying and talked him down and said, if you'll let me, I'll get him out of here and spared his life. And when my uncle sobered up, he said, I got to get back to church. This is not, this is not what I need to be doing. I got to get back to the house of God. I got to get this Holy Ghost they've been talking about. I almost lost my chance and I almost lost my opportunity. I got to get back. I'm going to tell you somebody in this room today, God's going to give an opportunity to. God's going to give a chance to. God is going to open the gates up here. And speak to your heart. And it's up to you to yield yourself and surrender yourself 
and say, this is what I desire and this is what I'm hungry for. Would you stand with me and lift up your hands to the Lord? Come on, church, help me pray a little bit here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Let's talk to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to focus on the Lord. I want us to get tuned in to what God is doing before I go any further. Hallelujah. on now the directions have been given it's not confusing the roads have been cleared and the gate is open the Lord is beckoning the spirit of the Lord is moving 2 Samuel chapter 2 the Bible says there was a man that had been the captain of the host of Saul's army by the name of Abner gotten in a scuffle with Joab's younger brother Joab was the captain of the host of David's army and in that scuffle he tried to warn him and tried to tell him don't do this let's don't go here let's don't let's don't let's don't have this skirmish but in self defense He plunged his spear into Joab's younger brother. When the news came to Joab, he never forgot that. He desired to avenge his brother and kill Abner. And Abner ran to the city of Hebron, which was one of these six cities of refuge. Time passed. He lived there within the confines of that city. He had peace as long as he was in the perimeters. But Joab came one day in his deceptive way. He said, let's, let's talk about this. You know, we've this has been going on for a while. Come on, let's, let's take a little walk over here. Let's, let's go over near the gate of the city. And he began to talk to him. Unbeknownst to Abner, he had a plan, a very devious plan all along, and that was as he was going to get him just beyond the perimeters. He was going to get him just beyond the entrance to the city. He was going to get him just to step out long enough so that he could execute judgment. He could do what the law said he could do. When he got him outside, just a little bit beyond, the Bible says that he had a concealed weapon and he pulled it out and he plunged it in, that blade into the fifth rib of Abner and he died in the gate of Hebron. News began to spread throughout countryside and it finally reached King David 
that Abner has been slain. And we don't know all the details, but we do know this, David. We do know that he was slain by Joab just beyond the line of demarcation at the gate of Hebron. And Abner is grieved, or David is grieved for Abner. And he begins to, you can hear the anguish in his voice as he begins to lament. He said, Abner, I don't know how else to say it, but you died as a fool died because your hands were not tied. You died in the gate. You died within reach of opportunity. This didn't have to end like this. It didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to happen. You died as a fool. In Genesis 28, Jacob said, The house of God, Bethlehem, is the gate of heaven. Amen. I'm going to tell you, the house of God is where it all starts, where it all can begin with you right here. Altars right here crying out to God. Nobody has to. 